This is Kyle Hebert, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter. The answer lies in the heart of battle. And you're listening to the Happy Haven Hadouken! Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Happy Haven. This is Jason, also known as Gnarly Canary on Building a Better Nerd. Hey, guys, this is Steps, and we are here to bring you a new kind of podcast. We just, we're going to sit around, have some fun, and we are going to make the world a better place one nerd at a time. That's right. There's enough darkness out there, so we came up with this plan to bring something family-friendly for everybody and positive. Yeah. So, in our first inaugural episode, we got the wonderful and talented Kyle Abair to come on and talk with us. Yeah, if you guys don't already know who he is, he's an amazing voice actor. What was it? it was well over 300 credits. Oh, hi. Oh, oh. hi. <laughs> Hello. That worked. Yeah. <laughs> Baba Booey. Fa-fa-fo-hi. <laughs> I grew up on that man in Boston uh, 104.7 WBCN every night my parents would have killed me if they knew I was listening to Stern <laughs> in middle school <laughs> oh yeah I remember getting private parts of the book and just crying laughing so hard <laughs> I had to hide my copy <laughs> yep. um, I had very conservative parents in that regard, I had to get special permission to watch Terminator 2 when it came out. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... that's. My parents were Southern Baptist. Well, my dad's a Southern Baptist preacher. So, I feel you. I grew hey. up in a Catholic home. I mean, my mom wasn't, but my dad was. So, that was the religion in the house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, uh, my dad, yeah, Boston Irish Catholic. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Fun times, but he did he did introduce me to Three Stooges and Looney Tunes. So yeah. there you go, those are good. Ones. That's the greatest. Yeah, <laughs> my dad brought me up on Tom and Jerry, uh, yeah, Tom the Aardvark. Oh man, I grew up watching and, uh, the Little Rascals and anime that my dad had. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I don't believe I've met you, have I, yet? No. I don't know. We have met, but it's been quite a while. Um, we met at GlitchCon a couple of years back. Oh, okay. Yeah. Excellent. Mm -hmm. I, I go to so many of these shows, oh, I forget yeah. who I <laughs> I bet, man. I interviewed you not that long ago. <laughs> I remember you, because that was recent. Yes, it was. <laughs> and I was sitting here watching... Legion again. I watched it live last night, and then I loved it so much. I was sitting here hitting, you know. Is it good? Because I missed it. I say, I missed oh, it's it fantastic. Oh, fan friggin'tastic! It is amazing, and uh, I look for it on Hulu, and it's not there. So I don't know if FX shows don't show up on Hulu or. Oh no! Hmm. I know they've got their own app on the Xbox One. I might have to check there. Maybe they're just casting it straight to that. They might. Uh, the problem with a lot of those apps is they expect you to have a cable login oh, info. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That's my they downfall. do. <laughs> but I don't know. If they, if they have a, a plan that's super duper cheap or something, maybe you can get around it that way. You know. Yeah, well, I like those apps that are like stream anywhere free yeah. if you're already paying 125 a month for cable. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, with Hulu and Netflix, I can't remember the last time I actually had an actual cable subscription. I went ahead and fell back into it just because 
TV starting to get really good again. It's, and it is. sometimes I'm not feeling like waiting a whole day <laughs> for it to show up on Hulu because I'm spoiled. Oh, yeah. And I even pay for the 12 bucks a month for the no ads. Thank you, Hulu. You should have done that in the first place. Yeah, that, right. I need to upgrade to that. I keep forgetting that's even an option. Yeah. I wonder why they have ads, because Netflix doesn't. I wonder if it's because they're running current content. It's like a stipulation yeah. with the networks, or... Yeah, yeah, Probably, different, yeah. different, yeah, different streaming contracts. You know, there's all these, oh, there's broadcast rights, and then there's streaming rights. I mean, that all happens with the anime stuff. They have to, yeah. like, for eternity, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Funimation lost the rights to FMA, and... Uh, really? Recently. Yeah, so whatever's out there is out of print, so if you... Find it and don't have it on Blu-ray. Go get it. I may have to do. Is, that. is it like a like they just the license expires or kind of like a domain name? Um, I'm not I sure mean, like how long they last or or whatnot, but um, I'm assuming that if they if they license it, they probably have first dibs if it's right. open, yeah. open on there hmm. again. So. But, I mean, yeah, they let it know. They let it know on their Twitter accounts. Like, hey, uh, we're losing the rights to this show or that show, and you got three more days to stream it or buy it somewhere. Wow. Right. Yeah, you want to look at licensing nightmares. Look what Marvel did in the 90s to stay alive, and now uh, look at the movie nightmare of... <laughs> why, Marvel, <laughs> can't, why? can't have. I just want one really good Fantastic Four movie. I don't think it's too much to ask for. Yes, it's it's way too much to ask yeah. Like, I've Apparently, as I've noticed, Fox doesn't seem to want to help me out at all. But they'll gladly hold on to it just to yeah. make Disney squirm. <laughs> Man, don't you hate that? Like, mm-hmm. even with video games, you know, there's like crazy game licenses that are just sitting on shelves, and they're like, "Nah, not this year. We're not selling it this year." Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much why they put out that last one, wasn't it? The last Fantastic Four movie was just so that they didn't lose the rights. They had to use Just it. like Sony yeah. with Spider-Man. It's like, where does it? And they sat down and said, okay, you can have a little bit of the profits if we can have Spidey for like this long in Civil War. It's like, yeah. okay, well, can we have Robert Downey for this long in mm-hmm. Spider-Man? Like, yeah, okay. I wonder if it makes the after, actors <laughs> feel cheap and used when, when that's the stipulation. I feel sorry for Andrew Garfield. I thought he did a really good job. He's a good actor. Yeah, yeah he was. He my nailed comment. it. He nailed it. Yeah, he was everything he, he, I imagined Peter Parker to be, and I was just sad when I found out that he wasn't going to be Spider-Man anymore. Well, Tobey Maguire was just like the, I'm going to cry, and then we'll do an action scene, and then I'm going to cry, and then we'll do an action scene. Mm-hmm. Garfield nailed Peter Parker with the sarcasm and oh, the yeah. smart guy, and then as Spider-Man, he totally nailed the, this is why I work so well with Deadpool in comic uh-huh. Spider-Man, which is the one I love. Yeah, the whole first scene when he first becomes, well, he first suits up as Spider-Man, and he's got the robber and the cops keep asking who he is and he's like he's like nobody gets the point of the mask and uh from there on <laughs> like i'm the gonna thing. tell you yeah <laughs> isn't it obvious yes. i don't know tom holland he was promising though i loved his part in civil war yeah yeah he did well <laughs> so the, the the reason why I, I reached out initially was I was really intrigued by your answer on the voice actor strike. And then I've seen, um, I saw Mark Hamill had tweeted out 
mm-hmm. support for it with pictures, and it rekindled my interest to see where it was at. So we definitely wanted to reach out to you, actually being in the industry and being a part of it, yeah, on what's going on with it, what's the progress, how's it going. Cool. All right. Well, uh, if you guys want to get rolling, we'll All right. rock and roll with it. Man, it's as free form as you want. I just want to know what's going on with it because I completely support all you guys are going through for that. Definitely. Rock and roll. Um, as far as I know, teensy, beensy, weensy, little, little, little steps have been made. little progress, rather. Mm-hmm. Trying to get uh, at least some of the uh, companies that are being struck against, which are, I think, almost a dozen. Yeah. It's not all of them. But uh, these are ones that have um, been really difficult to, uh, to, to get through to in, in the negotiations. The current interactive, as it's called, contract, is expired several years ago. So uh, it's up for renewal, and that is why this has become such a thing. It's like uh, now that the prevalence of video games that require a lot of screaming, um, that is becoming uh, actually a health issue. For some people who can scream so long and then they start coughing up blood, that's not a good thing, you know. When yeah, no. Your voice box, your voice box is your tool yeah. that you depend on for your living. Right. And um, if you can get those guys just to bend, you know, go from a four-hour session to a two-hour session. Like, let's cap the vocally stressful, as they call it, um, <laughs> type of work down that way. Uh, have some sort of structure in place to where if your game, for example, makes $100 million, then kick in like an extra day rate to your castmates. Right. Now, it, it's controversial because the, all the developers are saying, hey, what about us? And the actors are saying, well, we can't fight your fight for you. You know, we have a union and we only recommend, uh, represent actors, rather. If you guys want to see change happen, you guys should unify together and yeah. and try to do that. It's like, well, we we can't do that. It's like, who says you can't? Yeah. Exactly. Do you think it'll be a precedent-setting thing that if you guys can get them to bend a little bit, that maybe it will lead to the developers getting better deals? And That I don't know because it comes down to how willing – uh, corporate America basically is willing to give up precious dollars. You know, it is well, that's about an the easy task. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know, they only justify spending lots of money when they want to hire a celebrity, for example, yeah. or if they want to say, okay, well, this is a sequel to a best-selling franchise, so we're going to go ahead and pump you know ten million dollars into advertising without blinking an eye. But, oh, my God, it's the end of the world if an actor is saying, hey, give us a day rate, the day rate being about $900 and some change before tax. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on the union side, the the people on the committee that are busy negotiating with these folks have done some number crunching. And they said, this really doesn't drop in the bucket compared to the amount of profits you still stand to make. And the thing about games is, yeah, they're so prevalent, and, and now if, if there's a first-world problem, there's a glut, like in the anime world, where there's too much. There's so much that the quality starts suffering, and you have to sift right. through some bad titles or mediocre titles to find the real gems. And I think that's where we are with games nowadays. And you now think we're heading we're, toward an Atari-style crash? 
Um, I don't like, think the game world will crash entirely because now we're on the world where cell phones and mobile yeah. phones and VR and AR, all this new emerging technology is um, kind of lighting the fire with, with people. I remember VR was a thing mentioned and teased in the 90s. You know, the you Nintendo. Had yeah, movies. The virtual Boy. Yeah, and if you remember some of the sci-fi movies from that, The Lawnmower Man, you know, oh, a Stephen yeah. King yep. short story turned into this awful movie. But, you know, <laughs> you had all For this stuff reason, in, like, TV series. Well, it's like, put on the headset. Oh, it's virtual reality. Ooh. Yeah. And, you know, now we live in Oculus and mm-hmm. the, the PS1 and, and all, the, all these cool things that are, frankly, in my opinion, way overpriced. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but still very cool. Um, you know, we got to get through the, the kinks and iron out everything and, and, and get some, right. some more progress there. But right. those are new platforms uh, that the artists and creators um, are going to need some voice talent for. So we're thinking about not only the current generation, but we're thinking about the future generation. Mm-hmm. Now, your average non-union actor is going to say, this doesn't affect me, why should I care? Well, think about it. Um, if clients want to still have a project uh, and have uh, uh, some sort of resonance, you know, you, you still have to have something comparable. We, right. uh, you know, the non-union game rate is fairly comparable to a union rate. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, I heard the statistic that most games are non-union. Um, so the, uh, the, companies striking say well what's our incentive it's like well there there are a lot of talent that will only do union stuff and and a lot of these people have huge fandoms and that's a huge driving force now with marketing is social media so if they're going to come forward and say something really dickish like oh anyone can do your job (laughs) <laughs> which they have apparently. I haven't been present at these uh, negotiation meetings, but I have I have heard it expressed that that was basically their view. Then why isn't everyone a voice actor? Right. Why yeah. can't we get <laughs> in the mailroom to to come up here and be the lead in the next mm-hmm. Warcraft or whatever? That's like uh, there's a little more to it than. I walk in the booth and make a million dollars. Thanks, Chris Rock. Yes, yeah. you can do that because you're Chris Rock and you're this right. very successful comedian. The people that do this for a living, yeah, we got bills. You know, we got. Uh, we're trying to make a living doing something that, yes, we're very passionate about, but we're we're asking for a fair slice of the pie as we move forward, as the cost of living goes up, as budgets increase, as as we continue to progress with uh, the internet and streaming and, and, and so on and so forth. Well, I mean, a lot of the games today, they make that $100 million just in pre-orders. I mean, you know, sure. that's right. That's before it even goes full market. But going back to the, the, the one of the original points that I, I go on tangents because I'm so ADD. But anyway, there's a glut of games, right? Now, here's the, here's the, here's the cold hard facts. Not every game sells Call of Duty type numbers, right? Um, there's a good bit of, especially indie games that hit the Xbox marketplace and the PSN that just disappear. I mean, not that they're bad games, but they don't have the marketing budgets to reach out and all that. Um, and I, I'm not a PC gamer. I don't know how the steam world, uh, manages to stay afloat, you know, uh, humble bundles. 
Yep. Oh, is that, is that it? <laughs> hey, what no. you want? Hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm yeah, a you, you, you have. Too, so. Yeah, so and and I'm, I've since moving to Los Angeles. I've been here since 2005. I've probably done more games than I have anime titles and 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 animation in general. And there's a good chunk of those titles that disappeared into <laughs> oblivion because they just didn't resonate. I mean, right. I've gone to cons and signed autographs on the obscure PS1 or PS2 title. It's like, oh, I was in that? Wow. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, cult followings are great from a fan perspective, but, you know, if the numbers aren't there to support it, you're not going to see things move forward. Like in the world of pop culture fandom, you've got, you know, the brown coats. We love Firefly and Serenity, and Fox is like, we own it, but we're not going to do anything. Yeah, you, uh, you know how many people me. you walk in a room and just say the sentence, you can't take the sky from me? How many people freak <laughs> out? And it's like what we were talking about earlier. That license is just sitting on a shelf, and they're just and, like, nope, not today. <laughs> now that Netflix and Amazon and all these streaming companies are starting to put out genre-related titles online exclusively, Netflix too, what? You know, yeah, it's just a matter of time when they start seeing, yeah, well, there's no overhead because of this and that. The only problem becomes availability of your cast and, and all that. Right. I'm pretty sure Nathan Fillion, if they told him he could be the captain again, would would jump at it. Exactly. Yeah, I uh, want him to be my Nathan Drake in a Uncharted movie, but I'd that. take him as. Oh, he's the <laughs> only one who could play it. When yeah. they announced that that Mark Wahlberg nonsense they were going to no. do a couple of years ago, no, I was like, that that's please don't Max Payne <laughs> Uncharted. <laughs> please don't do this to me. I can't take it. So yeah. what do you think it is that the companies are just having such a hard time moving on? Because a lot of the demands or the negotiations don't seem unfair. They're not unreasonable. It's not asking for anything above ordinary, just safer working conditions. Um, I heard one of them was it having stunt coordinators present, like actual safety. Right. Goals, which just that's seems a given. That's a, that's a given on Hollywood productions for yeah. movies and TV shows, but on video games, for whatever reason, actors coming in doing motion capture, which is the thing nowadays, not just voice work, but getting in those silly little skin-tight outfits with the white dots all over them. <laughs> sometimes that re- yeah, sometimes that requires <laughs> stunt work. And yeah, if right. you have no one coordinating that, then the actors yeah. are putting themselves at risk. Again, for what? Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, that, that's just basic common sense. And uh, if the companies aren't budging on that and, and they don't value the talent, yeah, like, well, we could just do whatever we wanted. And, you know, you sit here and, and see uh, technology like um, holograms and virtual reality type, you know, computer software related voice generations and stuff. It's like we're not at that point and you never will be able to replicate the true warmth and nuances and yeah. subtleties of a performance. Exactly. Like an MP3 compared to vinyl. Sure. Exactly. I mean, if you listen to Siri and Alexa and all that, it sounds like a person said it, but I mean, it's said with no emotion. It's said yeah. very dry. I mean, you have people on this planet who can give you just a, a dry a performance, but when, they, when they're doing something that's just generated 
off a sample of maybe someone who actually exists, then that becomes that that murky water of it's like, well, we're going to have this actor come in and record and then sign an agreement that we'll just pay them off. We'll give them some sort of buyout agreement. That way we don't have to give them residuals. You know, I heard that the actress who did Siri's original voice doesn't get a piece of the pie from Siri. I mean, it was just a one-time deal. I've heard that, too. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I've heard that, too. And you think, oh, what a wonderful opportunity. I get to work for this huge company and be, wow, yeah, and then, you know, like, oh. Mm. Thanks for your time. There's the door. That's yeah, right. That's, 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 yeah, that's dirty yeah. business, Bye-bye. man. No Bye-bye. matter what you do. Bye bye. Yeah. I was looking through all your credits earlier, and for one, uh, amazing. If you Thank put you. the list of things that I yeah. love next to that list that you've done, I, you've been in nearly everything that I love. And for that, awesome. thank you, for one. Absolutely. Um, Thanks for watching and playing, man. This oh, is yes. a dream come true for me. This is what I've always wanted to do, and I, I'm really glad it resonates with people. Oh, yeah. One of the yeah, obscure... it's a Venn diagram of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it is. One of the... Uh, obscure things that I had no idea you were in was Resident Evil. You've been in quite a few of their different things. Oh, yeah. Have you had a chance to play 7 at all? I have not. I have not. And I'll I'll tell you why. Um, I don't really like the puzzle aspect of games. When I have to sit there and figure out something instead of shooting, jumping, running, (laughs) I start tuning out. So give me Left 4 Dead any day. And I know Resident Evil has... Parts of that, but um, yeah. and it stays that way. You don't have to solve things necessarily, mm-hmm. or, or as complex of puzzles anyway. As I've noticed on the Resident Evil stuff, I mean, it is scary. I, I've played some stuff, and I hear the VR one for the, oh, yeah. the VR experience for PlayStation yeah, is amazing. I played it at a friend's house. Uh, yeah. Bring some poise and or depends. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. It's that yeah, good. So especially that's especially if you have surround oh, sound headphones on and you lock oh, out the rest of the world. It's absolutely terrifying. You will okay. squeak one out yeah. <laughs> involuntarily. Yeah, and you know my my relationship with a lot of these projects, and you know, say, hey, what was it like recording so and so? It's like, well, there's there's a similar thing in that I go to the studio. I have no idea what I'm going to record. There's no preparation, no rehearsal. They catch me up on the project in about a paragraph or so, and then we're wow. off and running. I'm seeing that dialogue and practically reading it cold, and. Wow. Uh, you know, in, in the case of a video game, we're doing like three takes in a row. If they like one of those three takes, then they'll save it and move on to the next mm-hmm. and so forth and do all the conversation stuff and then all the zombie sounds. You know, you save that for the end, except for some of the Resident Evil stuff. I was come in specifically to do zombies with no human aspect at all. So I'm, <laughs> you know, tearing up my voice over the course of two hours because they, they knew that it's like we're not going to push you for four hours. We're going to yeah. cap it at two and then have you come in like another week or two after that and pick up where we were last time. Like, you know, and they can they can put processing on it. And there's all these little toys, you know, in Pro Tools that can play with the pitch and the quality and all that stuff. But we try to try to give as much of the human element as we can. You were in one of my favorite video games, aside from the. Resident Evil franchise, you were in Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Yeah. And what's funny is when I brought it up to you, you were like, I was in that? And I, I had all your dialogue running through my head like, oh, yeah, you were. <laughs> oh, dude. 
Dude, and that, that was for PSP, right? It was called Dracula X Chronicles, I think, originally. That one, yes. And then you were in Symphony of the Night on the PS1. You oh played the God. librarian. He was the, what can I do for you? It was man, so I'm going to have to look this up. Because <laughs> yeah, I remember man. when that game came out, at least the original version, I wasn't a voice actor yet, so maybe maybe the streams have crossed. I don't know. Uh, but I do, remember, yeah. I do remember recording for a Castlevania game. At the end of the session, the creator, and I'm terrible with names, but the creator of Castlevania was at the <sighs> session, and they introduced oh. me to him at the end. And, I say, and I'm thinking, thank God, because... Had I known that, I probably would have been like, and screwing up. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're the narrator and a nose demon. And they're like, what's a nose demon? It's like, well, it looks like a nose. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but, you know, so a Japan. demonic one. Yeah. <laughs> Sulfur boogers or so, I don't know. That's right. So you were Kingsglaive in Final Fantasy fifteen. I were was you... a Kingsglaive soldier, yes. Numerous cool. soldiers in the background, but I came in, and that was one of those, let's text or email Kyle and say, you want to work today? <laughs> <laughs> Usually you audition for things, and I have, have that, I have this wonderful relationship with a lot of the studios I've already recorded for num- numerous times, where if I don't audition, or if I do audition and don't get cast, they'll still bring me in on that project to do, fill in some of the background stuff. Oh, so awesome. that's the case with Kingsglaive. I didn't get to read for any of the main characters, but they called me in anyway because they have all these background soldiers, yeah. and they know I have a fairly wide range. I could play young, I could play old, middle age, monster, whatever you need. So I didn't do any monsters on that, even though there are some, I guess. But uh, there's definitely um, a lot of people flying and fighting and, and stuff. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> When that, that thing was kicks off, out. it kicks off hard. <laughs> I'm one of the one of the hillbillies that discovers the dead body in the, I guess the junkyard. I guess so, uh, <laughs> something like that. Oh wow, that's awesome. That's fun. <laughs> so I remember when, when I interviewed, I, I asked you what your favorite role was, and I loved your answer because, like we said, your IMDb is so impressive. Thank you. But it was the being Ryu in Wreck It Ralph, and the way you answered it, man, was so awesome. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you. Yeah. The um, when when you when you grow up and you see pop culture around you, in this case, an arcade, and you say Street Fighter, that was, that's cool. And it wasn't. I didn't like drop endless quarters in that game, but I remember playing it, and I was terrible at it, and I still am. I'm horrible. I'm a button masher. I'm right there with <laughs> but, you. Okay. I knew how iconic it was when Capcom came around to making Street Fighter 4, and it was so hush-hush that I had to sign an NDA, non-disclosure agreement, just to audition. And wow. once I saw the audition copy, <laughs> I, was given, yeah, I, was, I was given permission to it's like, just audition for whoever you want to. And I recognized Ryu right off the bat, so I said, I'm definitely going to read for that guy. Nice. And I ended up reading for Ken also and El Fuerte and M. Bison and E. Honda. And, and usually what you do is just you do the best you can in the audition and then put it out of your mind. Just go on with your life because chances are you're not going to get hired anyway. That's just how it works. There's so many people. It's so competitive that if you read for 100 things, you might get called in for a handful or less. And that's considered the norm. Even right. for established people, you know, yeah. um, like there is no momentum. I can't go into a studio and go, hey, hire me because I was this, this and this. And like, yeah, and, you know, 
<laughs> it's just not the way the structure of auditioning works with casting directors. So um, we've got to come in and always have to prove ourselves. And we're in the business of being told no more than yes. But yeah, with, with Disney uh, calling my agent saying, yeah, they, they want you uh, for Wreck-It Ralph. Like, what? Okay, I'll do it for free. And my agent's like, no, you won't do it for free. Yeah. It's like, okay, just kidding. <laughs> and they had just debuted the teaser trailer with the, with the, all the enemies in the, in mm-hmm. the, the circle. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bad guy and all that stuff. And I saw, hey, I know Ryu's not a bad guy, but it would be cool if he showed up two weeks later is when I got the call saying, yeah, they want your Street Fighter character? And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, live, I live in Burbank, California, which Walt Disney Studios, I live close to Warner Brothers, and Disney Studios is about 10 minutes from here, so I go to the animation building, director Rich Moore, who most recently did Zootopia, and announced oh, wow. that they are making Wreck-It Ralph 2, yes. but they haven't called me. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he totally geeked out when I came to the session, me and Ruben <laughs> Langdon, to reprise Ryu and Ken for that cameo. We didn't even get to record together, strangely enough. Uh-huh. Oh, and weird. You see the cast because all the celebrities have to just record as they can because they're busy filming around the world and moving on yeah. to the next big thing. So uh, at that point, it was just a couple of months away from theatrical release, and they're just buttoning putting the ends with the you know the loop group stuff where you have voice yeah. do all the bit parts stuff and crowd scenes and having you know little you know the the minute stuff in this case the cameos. I'm so thankful to Rich and the writers and creators of Wreck-It Ralph that they said, all right, we're, you know, we're gamers ourselves, and we want the original talent. We don't want it to get stunt cast to yeah. some big name. It's like, thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's awesome. Because if, yeah. if Tom Cruise got to be Ryu, it's like, no, that no, just no. <laughs> and, I don't know if, and I don't know if this is true or not. I heard that he came in for a voiceover job one time, and he hadn't done it before. And when he saw in the script that his character starts running, he physically started running in the in the booth. And it's like, no, stop, no, that's not how it works. You're doing it wrong. Dedication. True. And um, Tom is an amazing actor, but maybe he's not cut out for VO. <laughs> My just daughter that- had to pop her head in for a second yeah, just to it. see that I was talking to you because when we when I was doing research for the interview. She saw the picture of the Alice in Wonderland movie where you played young Bayard. And it was just like, because she loves those movies so much. She was like, you're talking to the Alice in Wonderland guy tonight? I'm like, yes, yes, I am. Oh, yeah. See, your dad's cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Right. For now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was that was a what they call a voice match where the actor very uh character actor from from Britain that you'd know if you saw. And I forgot his name. But uh, anyway, he played Bayard in the first movie and for a bulk of the second movie, but for whatever reason celebrities again are are busy working on their next project, so they asked voice actors to voice match the celebrities. This is where impressions actually come in handy. Right. So um, I got the audition, which which gave me an MP3 of several lines from the movie, which at that point hadn't been out yet, obviously. And they said, we want you to voice match this. And then they hired me to do that. And I go in uh, with just the director, uh, James um, Bobin, who had done the second Muppets, Muppets Most Wanted movie. Mm-hmm. And um, really, really nice guy. And uh, I had just a handful of lines. They ended up using even less than that. And getting paid a day rate, which again is closer to like eight nine hundred dollars, 
um, to oh, for wow. like five minutes in the booth, really. And then yeah. I had to go in like multiple times. They kept rewriting dialogue and, mm-hmm. and they ended up using like maybe one or two lines and they didn't credit me. <laughs> they credited <laughs> the, the people who cast the actors in the ADR stuff. But, um, oh, weird. Yeah. So tell me, is my, it truly magical behind the gates when you get into Disney? Oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> it's like when I got in radio. It's like I thought about this this huge, gigantic structure with all these cool machines. Like, no, not so much when I got into radio. It's like all oh, the magic's gone. And then learning how the world of voiceover really works. But I still fell in love with it. And the magic of Disney? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've always, I've always been a fan. You know, I, I don't go because it costs a lot of money just to go. But I will go when Star Wars Land opens in a couple of years. Oh, yeah. Oh, most definitely. Have to be there. We'll make it a group trip. There we go. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah. I'll wear my Darth Vader shoes, my Kylo Ren shirt, and I will just be a giant dork for the whole weekend. There you go. Yeah, see, see, so many of the people are, are flocking to Universal for Harry Potter. For me, I could care less about Harry Potter. I'm glad that things have fandoms, and I'm not going to bash people for what they enjoy. That's great. But, you know, for me... Star Wars is what Harry Potter is to Harry Potter fans, for for me, personally. Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. I don't think I've actually finished one of the movies or read one of the books through. I've tried to watch the movies, but I just, I never can make it through them. It's just not my thing. Yeah. It's not my cup of tea. A Doctor Who is something else that I just don't get, and I've tried. I like David Tennant. He's he's very charismatic and everything, and he's going to be Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, yeah, now that like sounds like good casting, yeah. I saw the animation style difference, and I wasn't sold on the reboot for DuckTales, because all it takes, literally, you want to talk about ADD, I could be doing anything, and if somebody walks by me and says, life is like an airplane, it's like Cartman in that Come Sail Away episode, I have to sing the whole song, no matter <laughs> where I am. And I saw, like, the cast, and David Tennant sold me a Scrooge McDuck, he really did <laughs> See, here, here, here's something Hollywood, I don't think, has done with their obsession with reboots and remakes and everything. Take an older series like Animaniacs. You've got the cast who are still working. Let's just pick up where Animaniacs ended and do it now. Don't change the formula. Don't do anything different about it. Just right. leave it alone. When you try to modernize it, it unfortunately just doesn't work most of the time. Like the Muppets, I love the Muppets, but when they try to come back to TV mm-hmm. two or three times now, it's just Muppets not Tonight was the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they tried to make it hip and everything. It's like, no, stop, guys. Just or you end up with Wabbit on Cartoon Network. <laughs> ah, and no knock against the voice talent. They're fantastic. Not the and, voice you know, talent. But the stories and all that. Yeah, it's just, it's just it doesn't. It doesn't click the way that, you know, this great, uh, I think, the last big golden age of animation. Right. You know, yeah, I, know, I know we all sound like old fuddy-duddies, but it's like, <laughs> man, in the 90s, right? Yeah. Was good. And, you know. Back in my day. Yeah. Nothing will beat <laughs> Batman the Animated Series. Uh, Back in our day, they right. drew it one cell at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, uh, one of the things you said earlier made me think of it. I was looking up stuff about the writer strike, and they they don't tell you guys what the part is when you audition or when you go in for the part. Yeah, we're looking for another thing about the strike is transparency, a.k.a. please tell the actor what they're working on so we can yeah. give you 
You know, we need as much info as possible to make that performance come to life. And, you know, if, I mean, yeah, we sign a non-disclosure agreement, and they're well within their rights if we break that agreement to fine us or blacklist us or whatever. So I don't know any actor who's going to intentionally shoot themselves in the foot by blabbing too soon or whatnot, because that's just, you know... There's just a code, you know? It's like we go in and record for something. We know not to talk about it. Unless we're told that we can, then that's a different thing altogether. Right. Um, But, yeah, transparency, man. I have gone in and recorded auditions and sometimes sessions with code names for games, code names for characters. I got to be a lead on a a game that's probably not going to be out for several years, and they still wouldn't tell me what it was. They just said it was a sequel to something. (laughs) <laughs> and they, they dropped a couple of hints, oh, and I had to do my hands. own detective work and Google things, and I'm like, oh, okay. They still they wouldn't confirm it. They wouldn't say anything. It's like, ah. Oh. Are these shareable hints? Okay. No, no, no. Hang it. See what you did Are there. You sure? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing, man. And um, it sucks when you want to do the best you can, but you can't. It's like, had they told me it was blankety blank, I would have given yeah. this spin or blank, you know, given right. them more options. Yeah, it just confuses me because, I mean, when I'm not doing this, I do apartment maintenance. And that would be like me taking a side job and just showing up, then not telling me what, I, what it is. I didn't bring the right tools. It just seems so weird to somebody to hire you even sometimes for a job and then just not tell you everything you need to know right yeah 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 and, and it it sucks when you're in in a void like what'd you work on today it's like no. i can't tell you and stuff and thanks yeah it's like i don't know what i did i i hope it's good and then sometimes these things will come out and i'm signing autographs at a convention and it's like what's that am i in that and it's like yeah according to <laughs> IMDB, or sometimes to say, yeah, I actually watched the credits on the game, and yeah, it says you're so and so. Like, okay, I don't remember cool. that. Yeah, well, cool. Uh, so all the fun questions we've asked, stuff about the writer strike. I, I've got one that's very important. And okay. What? Which is better, Coke or Pepsi? You've got to settle a debate in my house for me. I never took the Pepsi challenge, which always ha- was happening like in the 70s, 80s, and all that. <laughs> yes, hey, it I'll, was. I'll, okay, so Coke, only because of Mexican Coke. Yeah. When you get the, the, the pure cane sugar. Pure cane sugar. Yep. I mean, I'm a type 2 diabetic, so I, I don't get to indulge, really. <laughs> but <laughs> once in a blue moon, I say, screw it, I'm going to have a Mexican Coke. That is just bliss for me. Same with Dr. Pepper. I'm a, I've been a Dr. Pepper. Yeah, I was going to say, do you know you can order from Texas the Dr. And Pepper with the sugar? I from have the too. original Dublin plant. It was created in yep. Texas, right outside of Waco. So and, good. Uh, I mean, I, try yeah, that absolutely. But I will, I will give Pepsi this. I think Pepsi tastes great with Taco Bell. <laughs> that was a good marriage there. So I don't know what is happening yeah. in your household. What did you go with? I like Pepsi. I I don't know okay. if it was just my rebellious youth because my parents loved Coke, but yeah, I just always liked Pepsi. Okay. My wife, on the other hand, I live in Atlanta. If I don't go with Coke, they'll come and take me in the night. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> what about the clear stuff? Uh, Pepsi, uh, Crystal Pepsi? Is that what it was? 
Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there were a couple of zombie <laughs> epidemics that broke out in third world countries when that got, stuff got shipped over there. Woo-hoo. Yeah, <laughs> they made it clear that it scared me. Never tried it. Something that came out that I liked, and I don't think anybody else did, so it went away, except in other countries like China, is Coke Black, which is coffee-flavored Coke. I've huh. heard of it, never got to try it. Yeah, yeah it's like literally place. pouring some Coke in a coffee mug of coffee that's just been sitting there. Mm. <laughs> I'd give it a go. Do I remember like OK it. Soda? It's okay. No, I actually don't. <laughs> it came out in the 90s. It lasted about, uh, I remember it bumping up with the commercials for the Whatchamacallit candy bar. Yeah. God, I remember Whatchamacallit, but I don't remember. Whatever that. it is, whatever it was, chocolatey chocolate. Yeah. Whatchamacallit. Whatchamacallit. Yeah. So I know stuff you like. So have you picked up any good vinyl lately? Vinyl. God, what the hell did I get recently? <laughs> um, I got some variant colored uh, Stranger Things soundtracks. Ooh. I like the guys that did the score, so they're banned out of Austin called Survive. I've got some of their albums. I bought the latest David Bowie box set uh, last fall. Nice. I'm a big Bowie nerd. Oh, yeah. uh, Record Store Day had the Ramones live at um, CBGB's in 76. So I picked that up. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all over the spectrum. I have a wide range of stuff. Sometimes an old 80s horror movie will just like, I got to have this on vinyl. I don't know why, but I remember liking the score. So when I found a still shrink-wrapped Evil Dead 2 score, <gasps> I had to had to get that. Join us. I'm one of the I love Disney's The Black Hole because it's so so awful that it's wonderful. So I like the little children's storybook of that. So sometimes you go to these collectible record stores, you'll find those old storybook records. Yes! Like Spider-Man, Star Trek, and things He-Man. like that. Oh, He-Man. Power Records, I think, is what they were called. I picked that up. Yeah. Some comedian stuff from my old time. Yeah, Emo Phillips, Robin Williams. Richard uh, Pryor. George yeah. Carlin. I found of everything. Richard Pryor vinyl in an apartment the other day, but it was in two pieces. No, oh. blasphemy. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was bad. I was real excited to see this. This was on Kickstarter. I think it still is for the next month. And it's like $600. It already got funded, but it's, a, it's, a, it's the world's first smart turntable. It looks like a, oh, I don't know what you'd say it looks like. It kind of looks like a candy corn, sort of. And... That's the thing that actually goes in a circle. Your your album goes on this little template thing and stays completely still. And the needle goes around while the thing ports around. It's got, you know... That's five, some holodeck Star Trek stuff, stuff on there. right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very sci-fi. And apparently That's you can awesome. skip tracks on it and you can Bluetooth stream. It's like, mm-hmm. what is this? Who I don't know. That's like something you bring in your house and it decides that... Uh, Human beings are safer when there's no more human beings, and then you end up with this whole Skynet situation. Say, is that how Skynet starts? <laughs> Skynet is absolutely. You've got I'm Siri, you, man, Alexa, who else? Yeah. When I see those commercials where it's like, hello, I'm Watson, I always look at my wife and I'm like, that's the thing that's going to kill us all one day. Yeah. <laughs> Watson's coming for us. Truly. Did you guys see Westworld? Oh, I Not yet. I've got it DVR'd. I need to watch it. 
I've heard it's amazing. I say I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah, and that is that is one where you need to sit down with no distractions because there are a lot of clues as you go and watch it. And I have a feeling that watching it a second time would be even better. Ah, well, you'll see what I mean. Things was for me. Yeah, Stranger Uh, Things, absolutely. And I love that that was you know compact, eight episodes, right? I think the Marvel stuff is a little bit long, but it's great in its own right. You know, um, I think they could compact it a little more. So maybe eight, maybe ten. Yeah, because if you notice, there are some filler episodes, and that means that it did run a little long. So it's yeah. a little bit. But did yeah, I'm still excited for Luke Cage and all that, and I love Jessica Jones and what I've seen. Iron Fist trailer dropped. I say yeah, Iron Fist coming out. Yeah. That trailer was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Marvel's on it, man, and uh, yeah. they just had so, Legion uh, debut on FX, and I thought that was fan friggin' tastic. It is nothing it like the cinematic universe. It is nothing like the Netflix shows. Awesome. It is definitely its own beast. And I never really, I've heard of Legion, but I didn't really understand the character, so I had to do some right. prep. I went to, like, Nerdist and a couple other Cinema <laughs> Blend. They, they all do these little, hey, here's what you need to know going in. It's like, what? Yeah. Professor X has a kid? What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a pretty fascinating character, and uh, it is that unroll. It's really good. It's like, wow, this guy no- doesn't know if he's insane or if he's truly that powerful. The other people right. know. <laughs> Could you imagine an undisciplined Xavier? Uh, yeah, just sprung on the world. It's yeah. like, wow, this you know, eat your heart out, Dark Phoenix. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Only maybe they won't kill him yeah. twenty times like they do with the Phoenix. There you go. What's every X-Men story arc? Phoenix dies. They go back in time or forward in time to reset the X-Men universe. Every story arc since, like, the year 2000. Sounds about right. Do you hear they're bringing Wolverine back? Yeah, exactly. Actual Wolverine, not... Like Logan Wolverine? Yeah, like Logan. (gasps) Well, we do have that movie dropping very soon. Does that not look amazing? Uh, Yeah. The Last of Us, the X-Men edition. That's what I I call it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really, really like. Uh, I liked the Wolverine, which the same director James Mangold did a few years yep. ago. That, that more than made up for Wolverine yeah. Origins. <laughs> yes. What uh, do you mean, Wolverine cutting apart a fire escape ladder, trying to chase Gambit in a back alley for no plausible reason was greatness. Let's make Deadpool a mute. Yeah. Okay. Oh, talk about unforgivable sins. Yeah, CGE I, Patrick Stewart. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but what I what, what I, the credit I got to give Marvel is they did sell off Fantastic Four, they did sell off X Men, they did sell off Spider Man. They sell they sold off all their heavy hitters. But look at the teams they've built, and look at what they've used, and what they've turned it into. I mean, Guardians right. of the Galaxy being what uh, it is now, they're going to do Defenders on Netflix and have people excited yeah. for the Defenders. In its yeah. printing heyday, the Defenders wasn't as popular as it is now. Yep. So, I mean, I give Marvel all the credit for that. Yeah. Anytime That's we genius. seem to doubt a movie of theirs, they just knock it out of the park. Ant-Man was that way, Guardians of the Galaxy. Jessica Jones, for me, I wasn't super excited about it, and then I actually sat and watched it, and it was amazing. Yeah, I knew nothing of the character beforehand. Yeah, to die, not Jessica Jones. And, yeah, just seeing what they did with it, and they made it more grounded and realistic mm-hmm. than superhero-y. And that's what they're doing with Legion, too. And I really appreciate that, because I think 
even the creators of these shows and movies know that it's like there are a lot of superhero shit out there that it is its own genre. Right. And we're kind of hitting the cap, no pun intended, of, uh, you know, it's like, oh, God, another superhero movie. How are they going to make the climax interesting? We already know they're not going to die because they are all, you know, mm-hmm. impenetrable armor or super mutant powers, this, that, and the other. So what stakes are there, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's what I hope Infinity War, they actually have the guts to kill off. Yeah. And I'd hate to see the actors go, but I mean, come on, guys, let's have some guts. You're going up against Thanos. Somebody's got to die. They didn't even have the guts to do it in Civil War, which is really (laughs) disappointing. Expecting Cap to die in Civil War, right? Because when you hear things like Chris Evans wants to go off, he's tired of doing this, and he's made his money, so he wants to go. And his passion is to do low-budget indie cinema. He could do that. He could, you know, had he not. You know, sign the contract. He could just go off and do whatever project, greenlit whatever he wants. But right, I guess they threw enough zeros in there. I mean, who can blame him? <laughs> yeah. Did you see Snowpiercer? That other movie he did. Now that's based did off a graphic novel. Worth the watch. It is so it good and crazy. I like crazy. It is. Crazy. It is. <laughs> All right, I will check that out. Yes. Yeah, I ended up watching it because my my dad was like, "You've just got to watch it. I can't tell you about it. You just just sit." <laughs> and, it's, and it's it's really good. It is strange. I love it's I love a watch. movie or a show that when your friend says, "What's it about?" It's like, no, no, just watch. Okay, right. Sit down, enjoy. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to define it because it'll spoil it or I'll screw it up in the definition. Just watch <laughs> it unfold. That's me trying to get people to read The Dark Tower, and they ask, "Well, what's it about?" And you're just like things. <laughs> I'm in my 40s, things. and I remember reading those books when I was in high school, and I thought, man, right. what an epic movie series this will make, and now we're just now starting to see, mm-hmm. you know, the movie, um, and we'll see what happens with that. I don't know. It's a, it's a uh, dicey, some dicey choices they've gone with. We'll see if it pays off. Yeah, speaking of yeah. Stephen King stuff, I'm surprised they never did the Talisman. That's another. That's another great mm-hmm. book. That that would be that. And, um, what was the ones? It was him and the Talisman he co-wrote with someone, right? And then they did a follow-up. To Peter it, Straub, like, and then I think they Black did. House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black House. And then Those he had a crazy to do. He even had a fantasy one set in Eyes of the upper. Dragon. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me, my nerd is showing. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's huge. That's what she said. <laughs> I've always wanted to see them do Eyes of the Dragon. Game of Thrones is pretty close because he was pretty brutal mm. with that one. But yeah, Eyes of the Dragon was an amazing book. That's where you actually get to see Flag's origin. Uh, the bad guy from The Stand, and Ooh. he's in the Dark Tower series, and he. Flag is a reoccurring bad guy in a lot of the books, and he got his start in Eyes of the Dragon. I actually never read The Stand, but I watched that ABC miniseries. <laughs> I Gary thought they Sinise. were redoing that, and nothing's come of it. They said that. They filmed it. They did. They released these. Marvel did these huge hardback graphic novels for it, mm-hmm. yeah. and then it just kind of like fizzled. But we are, exactly. we, we are getting it again for what it's worth. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They cut a lot out of the original one. That that, that book is like hand sized, yeah. even in it's, soft cover. It's yeah. Awesome. yeah. <laughs> it's a beast. It is. 
But did you get to? Uh, I don't know if you watched the Super Bowl or not. Um, apart not from the sports. Me, <laughs> no, well, the biggest thing for me, apart from watching a movie style comeback for a team I grew up with, oh. I'm originally from Boston, so yay Patriots and who okay. the haters. Falcons played a great game, but you know you got to lose. Somebody's got to lose. Was smack dab in the middle. They played the Stranger Things season two trailer. Yes. Lost my mind more on that than on the game. Yes. See, I'm glad that, you know, go back about seven, eight, ten years. They, you would have to wait and actually watch the shows for the movie trailers. Now they'll drop right. them sometimes a day before or maybe yep. the day of. So it's like, wow, I don't have to sit and wait. I can see. So, yeah, I'm going across the Twitter stream like Stranger Things, too. What? And then all, right. all these new previews. You know, some now I want Halloween have come out. so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yep, it, it does look awesome. Stop it. it. Oh, my gosh. What? Yeah. Hey, you guys watched the OA? It's another Netflix original. I haven't got to see it yet. We watched the first episode, and we, we want to kind of get into it more, but that one's very strange. Netflix mm-hmm. is kind of knocking it out of the park with not doing... Yeah, they're... Just like, well, let's do our own sitcom. Let's do our... No, they're taking, like, these cool, obscure stories that you know, being in the industry, a network would not pick up because they'd be like, nobody's going to get this, kid. Good try, you know. We'll see you next time. And, and then the, they license things from other countries, too, like this Australian X-Files-ish type show. I forgot the name, but it, it popped yeah. up just a few months ago. And they put Netflix, and it's like, oh, that's sneaky. It actually didn't come out on Netflix in Australia. But yeah. well, okay. well, that's like over here. AMC is all things Walking Dead. I have friends in England, and on there it's run on Fox, unedited, just their Fox. Really? Yeah, Dude, it's run on Fox over there. It's not AMC. All right. Well, yeah. To be fair, yeah, Canada doesn't get Cartoon Network, and oh no, that's yeah. Insane. Well, they need to quit bragging that it's so good to move there because. <laughs> Oh, it's nice in Canada. I've been to many conventions and beautiful cities and super people there. Yeah, we used to go all the time, too, and it's the home of the CW-verse and everything with Arrow and Flash, but no Cartoon Network. I'll go for the weekend. <laughs> is that a deal-breaker for you? <laughs> a little there bit. You know, Vancouver is the new Hollywood. You know, they get all the tax breaks for shooting everything there. So Atlanta, too, everything. man. Atlanta That's true. Too. It is crazy here. Yeah. It is crazy here. Like so I was every other day, you're telling me about something else that started filming or sets being put up, and I'm so jealous. Oprah Winfrey was down the street from me today. She's filming a show called Greenleaf or Greenly or something um, about like a Southern Baptist family with a pastor as the. It's I don't know if it's out yet or the new season's filming. I haven't seen anything on it, but there's all these signs for GL, and I look it up, and it's literally down the street from my house. The show Resurrection that got canceled that had Omar Epps and. Um, the yeah. dad from that '70s show that was filmed mm-hmm. on my street, parts of it, dude, where we live. And then, right, and then that um, Finding Steve McQueen movie that's supposed to be coming out, mm-hmm. um, that was filmed in our downtown. There's a movie studio two blocks from me. They were filming Infinity War stuff across the street from that, out in the open in a parking lot last week. Um, I watched them film the entire African fight scene for Civil War, the opening fight scene. That was downtown. I'm 45 minutes from the Walking Dead universe. I mean, it's 
it's insane here now. And it wasn't like that when I moved here, but holy crap, is this a cool place to live now? <laughs> That's the only thing I've got down here. I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, we we had a nice size tumbleweed blew through the parking lot earlier. That was wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's exciting. <laughs> the big spot of my day. <laughs> I live about as far away from entertainment as I possibly can. And growing up in bigger cities like Dallas, and I lived in D.C., uh, lived in Raleigh, North Carolina, being in the middle of the country is a much different experience. Fair enough. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I grew up in Boston. I grew up in the land of Dropkick Murphys and Boondock Saints, so we... <laughs> Nice. We had it Dropkick going on. Murphys just dropped their new album. It's very good. Yes, they did. I'm familiar with a couple of them from my punk rock days uh, in the 90s when I had my own punk hardcore band. Uh, Woo! Got to play with them when they had their original singer. Man. And they are a cool bunch of guys. Um, they uh, took me out at 18. I was getting ready to go in the Army, and they played a show at a place called Murphy's which was behind a club that, I, that we used to play at in Providence called Lupo's. And, um, in fact, if you have the Boys on the Dock CD, they have a song done live acoustic. We were all in that bar when they recorded that. What they didn't record was me projectiling in the alley afterwards, after the show. But <laughs> they are a cool group of guys. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Good to so, hear. do you have any like cool upcoming projects that you can talk about, or what can I talk about? Good God, what am I talking about? Uh, well, we're working on Super Dragon Ball Super. It's doing very well on Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kai, the final chapters are finally airing. And um, God, what just dropped? Oh, Fire Emblem Mobile, Fire Emblem Heroes. Dude, that is uh, huge right now. Come back as. Bartray, Barter, I forgot, and Frederick, the guy I did in Fire Emblem Awakening. So, yeah, nice. that's, that's a huge game right now that I'm playing and I suck at, but apparently... <laughs> I've downloaded like, it, but I haven't, uh, haven't got to play it yet. Do you ever look at your phone and be like, I am Frederick, obey me? Yeah. Pick a god and pray. <laughs> that's awesome. But, yeah. yeah. True facts. No, no, it, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, other shows coming up. Uh, let's see. There's a simul dub of Mob Psycho 100. I voice Mob's dad and a couple other gang members. Cool. That comes uh, comes across there. Oh God, what else? I've got my first VR game title, but it's not dropping till March, so I still can't say anything. But I'm, I'm, oh, Dad Gummit. What's that? <laughs> I said, Dad Gummit. Dad Gummit. I have children. I can't. <laughs> Fair enough. Got to have that family-friendly yeah. filter on all the time. But if people are interested in in learning about uh, whatever's out and what I'm doing, I do have my website kylebear.com and my Twitter at kylebear, Instagram, and all that. And I always I plug and promote appearances and projects there. Absolutely. So uh, as soon as I get the the go ahead, or as soon as oh GameStop says it's now shipping, <laughs> you know, yeah, right. What about You're, conventions? Do you have any appearances coming up? I do. EtsuCon in Johnson City, Tennessee, coming up at the end of the month. And, ooh, that's uh, close to me. Ooh, you should try and go. I should. It's about a four-hour drive. I actually used to service stores there from here. 
in oh, Johnson nice. City. And then I've got Mid-SouthCon in Memphis, uh, end of March. And then going to NashiCon, I think that's in North Carolina or Virginia or something. And then Wisconsin for No Brand Con in April. Castle Point Anime Con, which is in Hoboken, New Jersey. Hoboken. Hoboken! <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yes. That's where Ryu lives nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> Anime Detour in St. Paul, Minnesota. Yep. Awesome. And finalizing some other stuff, too. But all the appearances, the dates, and links to the website yeah. so you can know where to go is all there. And if you, if you if I'm not going to whoever's watching this or listening to this, um, email your local con or go on their social media and post and request who you want to see as a guest because we can't invite ourselves. I'm going to do that for MomoCon, man. I need you here in Atlanta. I would love to go to Atlanta. I had some other events that weren't related to MomoCon, and they kind of fizzled. So it's like, I've been to DragonCon a couple of times, so that was great. Mm-hmm. DragonCon is crazy. It's crazy, yeah. It's like, oh, where's the con? Well, where's the dealer room? It's like, which floor? <laughs> which right. hotel? That con has turned into <laughs> Fandom Squared, man. It is crazy down there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll make sure and have all those links um, up with the, the podcast and with any other way we share this out, make sure and get those out. Of also course. Make sure that everybody makes it to those appearances. Met you in person twice. It's definitely, definitely a good time. Oh, cool, man. Also, want to kind of promote in general, I, I got this cool little gadget recently. It shoots video and streams video in 360. So oh. once Periscope has an update, this, this camera is it's Insta360, works with Periscope, so you can stream directly. You just plug oh, it into awesome. your smartphone. I think just iPhone at this point, but I think they're working on Android. But being able to stream, like from a con, in 360, so as you're watching on your phone or your desktop, you can take your mouse or your finger and, and swipe across the screen or pivot your phone and look around. So all I have to do is the person shooting it is just hold it still. That's yes. You oh, guys, wow. well, uh, do you guys look around and look at whatever you want? It's like, here, scroll to your left, and then you'll see what I'm looking at. So I don't have to pivot my camera at it at all. Which is see, I have a VR yeah. headset for my phone. Yeah, and that would that would be awesome. Yeah, you just pop it in, and then just yeah, I could just look around like I was there with. Wouldn't need anything added to it. That's awesome. Pretty stuff. Tech. What was that called? Oh, that's called an Insta360. Insta360. That is, uh, that, is, that, up. that is a website, a company that sells that particular camera. There are other cameras that do 360 in film, and, you know, in photos and videos, but this was the first one I saw that actually does live streaming. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Very nice. Cute. I can dig it. I can well, dig unfortunately, it. Unfortunately... I have to go back to work. I'm on call. <laughs> Don't. So, um, you guys can keep talking if you like. Kyle, thank you so much for coming on. It was great getting to talk with you. Thank hope you. Hope we get to do something with you again someday. Yeah, I hope so. It's been fun just uh, just talking nerdy. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what we're all our, about, man. <laughs> that's our favorite thing. Positivity and fandoms, man. Yes, just sit back and enjoy. Gotta Tonight love it. Cannot- well, I'm honored to have popped the cherry on your uh, debut episode, I guess. You sure did, man. Yeah, like, you did. 
Now that's Thank again, you. I'm gonna rub that in so many people's face. No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're building a positive place, and the rest say, of you can suck it because we got Kyle Abair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Well, I guess you know. Well, the kids are far enough away. I guess when I tell them, you know, positively they can suck it. I tell them, you know, positive suck it with a smile. <laughs> we have Kyle Abair. I see what you <laughs> did there. Very good. Ah, I, I've been a dad for a while. I've learned how to cleverly be horrible. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, again, thank you, and uh, I'll hopefully talk to you soon. All right, guys. Thank hey, hold so on. B- b- before you go, um, yeah. Yeah. Can, can, can I do the one lame favor? Oh, yeah. Of <laughs> oh, yeah. Can, 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 um, because, well, he's the one recording, so if you did it for me, it would just be personal yeah. joy. Are you opposed to maybe giving us a Happy Haven Hadouken? And then we can be those lame guys who who ask for that, because I always feel dumb asking for that. Oh, I just just do that sound and that attack? I mean, you know, like, this is the Happy Haven Hadouken. You don't have to. I'm just wondering. Oh, I'm see, Capcom has had us say it, uh, Hadoken. That's how I was. Ooh. You know. Yeah, I don't know why, you know, tomato, tomato. Some people call him Ryu, but mm-hmm. Capcom I've said, I've always called no, him he's... Ryu. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, he's <laughs> Ryu to me, too. It's always been Ryu. Ryu Hayabusa. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but well, you, you want you... me to, to say happy... Uh, the show's called The Happy Haven? Yeah. We could just get like one sentence about the Happy Haven and a Hadouken. Yeah. Just like you're listening to the Happy Haven and the Hadouken. That would be amazing. And I'll tell you what, if you do it, you give me a P.O. box, I will send you that Clash Sandinista on vinyl. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Scout's honor, man, I will send it to you. It's all the discs, all the it's in mint condition. Oh my god. That's too funny. No, I'm I'm I I'm happy to do it, so do you want me to like say my name? It's like this is Kyle Labor, the voice of Ryu from yeah. Street Fighter. Okay, okay. Yeah, that'd be great. Cool. All right, here we go. This is Kyle Labor, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter. The answer lies in the heart of battle, and you're listening to the Happy Haven Hadouken. I just awesome. crap my pants. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> you and me both. Well, thank you so much for that, Kyle. You're welcome. But once again, man, yeah, on my end, thank you so much for your time. I know it's valuable. Sure. And um, yes, I just want to thank you for being so awesome and open to new guys that aren't really established yet. Just trying to get out there in the world and giving us a shot, man. It's, it's really humbling. It cool, man. We definitely my appreciate pleasure. it. My pleasure. Just let me know when it's posted, and I'll, I'll pump it on my Twitter feed for you. Awesome, right. man. Thank you. All right, guys. All right. Have a good one. All right. Thank you, you man. Bye. Bye-bye. Be blessed. Thanks for tuning in to our first episode. Uh, the interview with Kyle was awesome. Uh, we hope to bring you a lot more content like this down the road. When we don't have a guest, you'll get to listen to the sultry voices of us two entertaining you for that week. But we do hope to get more and more voice actors and cosplayers and people that do the stuff we love and, and get them in so you guys can get to know them a little better and and uh, hear what they have to say, the things that they're into. Maybe they're into something you haven't heard of and you end up finding a whole new fandom to love. Absolutely. If you guys have anything you want us to talk about, any fandoms you want us to cover, send us some ideas. You can either find it in the links below, or you can find it. Find me at Twitter at this is step seventeen, and I believe Jay's is at gnarly canary. Correct? 
Gnarly Canary. Yes, gnarly. But yeah, guys, that's going to be it for this week. Make sure and tune in next week. when We have Rob McCollum. Yes, yes. we'll be talking, talking some the, Mutant League yeah. football and many, many other things. Many, many other things. It's a great time, guys. It will be. All right. Well, until next time. We're going to make the world a better place. Just one, one nerd, nerd at a time. time.